0: Hello, this is Creepypastas told in the dark, and today I will be reading from Reddit, and I will be reading from the subreddit r slash nosleep. This story is by u slash magpie underscore quill. The title is, at my school there's a murder club. Hope you enjoy the episode. a murder club. There were two types of people at Ashbourne Intermediate School. Those who knew about the murder club and those who didn't. My little little brother Elliot was among the people who didn't know. He was a sweet little kid, an innocent 6th grader, the kind that took notes during advisory and got picked on endlessly by the jocks. On Thursday, he was sitting at an empty table in the lunchroom, reading a book while the other 6th graders had gone out for recess. I sat down next to him and sat down my tray. "What's you reading?" Elliot pushed up his glasses and smiled. "The Thirteen Problems." I was on the fall It was on the fall reading list. "Sounds boring." I think you like it actually it's a collection of murder mysteries i've graduated from mysteries i said picking up my slice of pizza really what's next for you then i come i took a comically savage bite of my pizza and flashed elliot a tomato stained grin real murder elliot laughed i laughed with him Tuesday and Thursday from 2.15 to 3 o'clock was a time for club activities. Usually, I would go to practice with with the soccer club, but that day I had something else to do, lingering by my locker. I tore out a sheet of notebook paper and took out a pen. I went to join the club, Ethan Trace. Being careful not to be caught by a hall monitor, I went down into the basement level, and made my way over to the broom closet where the murder club was famously rumored to meet. I folded the note and slipped it halfway through the gap under the door. After a few seconds, someone inside the broom closet took the note. I watched it slip under the door and out of sight. I felt my heart beat a little faster as I hurried back up the stairs out onto the soccer field. After practice, I found a note taped to my locker, taped inside of my locker. I unfolded it to reveal a short message in unfamiliar handwriting. The only way to join the club is to kill one of us. Think of it as a rite of passage. My stomach twisted at the thought of taking someone's life. A sickening thrill that had grimly been prepared for, that I had grimly been prepared for. I clenched my fist around the note and pressed it deep into my pocket. The game is on, I muttered. Once you were among those who knew about the murder club, it was fairly easy enough to deduce who was in it because they mysteriously went missing during the Tuesday and Thursday club periods and the teacher could never find them. The one I decided would be easiest to take out was Ad Adney Bale. This the silent kid in sixth grade. He shared his lunch with the rest of the oddball freaks in Ashbourne, either staring and smiling at nothing or toying with a with a deck of car- cards. Sometimes he held out a fan deck to a kid sitting next to him as if he was going to perform a magic trick that made some people think he was he was in the magic club but I checked and his name was never on the roster roster. one day I came to school with a packet of rat poison in my backpack not the stuff that came in pellets but the pure white powder that was dangerous to even breathe around. During lunch I dumped a whole pack into a cup of water and swapped it with Andy's cup, while he was looking away. Stupid kid, I thought to myself. It was like he didn't know I was coming after him. For the rest of lunch period, I could hardly eat, from the nausea anticipation. Nauseating anticipation. I kept glaring at Andy's table, waiting for him to take a drink of the cup. What are you looking at, Elliot? asked, peering at me quizzically. Nothing, I said quickly. I looked back to him and noticed the bruise on his cheek. What's that? Dylan Green said I was looking at uh, Kate Michaels funny, he muttered. I clenched my fist. Elliot, you can't keep letting people bully you, he sighed. What do I do then? I bit my lip. I hated Elliot's bullies. I broke his Glass. I broke th- his glasses, broke his nose. Sometimes the cheerleaders would even make a game of breaking his heart. I tried to help him, but the only thing that made that made them tease him more than a scrying little nerd who needed his bigger brother 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 to ball him out of trouble. Elliot looked at me ex- exceptionally with his glasses sitting crooked on his crooked-heeled nose. There wasn't anything I could tell him, but my head told me to wait. Just wait until I was in the murder club. Fortunately, before the silence grew between uh, between us too long, the bustle of the lunchroom was interrupted by gagging and loud chatter and cries of alarm. I turned my head slowly. Elliot gasped. I looked directly as I directed my gaze at Andy Bale's table, I prepared a, a similar mocked reaction of surprise, but the body on the floor was not an Andy Bale. It was the kid who sat next to him, Green V something or other, with her blonde curls spread out on the lunchroom floor in a smear of red vomit. Andy was still in his seat, looking straight at me and grinning. I swallowed. He must have known something was in his cup. Must have switched it with green leaves. I berated myself for thinking he was so foolish. Of course, he was ready for my move. But then, as if reading my thoughts, Andy held out his cup, still full to the brim. I looked at greenie tray she hadn't gotten a cup of water herself just a card of milk that was on the floor green v convulsed on the floor coughing out blood blood stained milk andy took a long drink from his cup then he looked back at me smiled and and took a small flourishing bow like a magician after his act Sirens wailed outside the windows, and the paramedics got to the lunchroom fast, but I knew how much the poison I had used. Greenview was dead. School closed down after the incident. Elliot told our mom and dad that maybe it was time we transferred schools, put to somewhere, maybe to somewhere in the city. He brought up the topic a few times before, like, When Cynthia Noka had been found floating at the bottom of the pool a couple months ago. When Liam Addison had kneeled over last summer at the ball game. And when Ricky Blake had choked to death mid-presentation in March at the science fair. I suggested switching schools back. But when I was smaller and more scared, it never worked. Our parents always shook their heads and told us Ashbourne was the best school in the area. The strange, monotone voice, as if students being murdered on, the month- on a monthly basis wasn't anything to be concerned about. As far as I could tell, all the other students' parents did the same. Nobody ever left Ashbourne, not the students, not even the teachers. Some whispered that it was a curse. When school reopened, everyone who was still alive was still there, while the ones who did not know about the murder club tried to forget Greenvy's pale face and red eyes. The ones who knew discreetly turned their heads to the members of the club as they passed in the hallway. Their unspoken census was that the murder club had killed Greenvy just like any other mysterious death that happened in Ashbourne. As for me... I opened my locker to find a note taped up inside we appreciate your service please try again jasmine mccartney in seventh grade was simply known as to be known as the gardener girl if she ever made friends she was always abandoned she always abandoned them in favor of tending to the garden at the back of the school during lunch recess Some people joked that she was closer to the chickens than with humans, but those people did not know that whatever the hens in the coop grew older, it was Jasmine who slaughtered them and made chicken soup for the gardening club. I'm sure the gardening club invited her to join many times, but she never showed up unless it was for the soup. On Monday, I waited in anticipation in the gardening shed. Sweaty hands clasped clasped around the handles of a long, rusty pair of gardening shears. Soon, I began to hear footsteps coming down the gravel path. I flattened myself against the wall and tried to calm my breathing. The door cracked open. As soon as I registered Jaz- Jasmine's brown hair and freckles, I lunged at her with all my might. Just as she turned around in surprise, she shanked the blades of, ye- of shears six inches into her stomach jasmine coughed and stumbled back i followed her pressing the shears deeper into her trying to ignore the sickening sculching sound jasmine crashed against the shelves of the gardening equipment and crumpled to the floor blood bubbled onto the dusty floor of the shed jasmine's eyes f- filtered up to me i'm sorry i muttered through clenched teeth "'but you should have seen this coming.' "'Jasmine's pale lips twitched for a moment. "'I thought the shape resembled a smile. "'Why do you want to be a part of the club?' "'She breathed, a shocking calmness in a raspy voice. "'For Elliot,' I replied. "'I yanked out the shears, "'and with one last cough, Jasmine slumped forward, dead. "'The shed was filled with a musty scent of blood. "'I wiped the shears with a rag, used for drying the gardening tools, and grab the shovel so that I could bury both. When I opened the door to leave the shed, I stumbled back as I realized someone was just outside. That's a noble cause, Jasmine McCarthy said smiling. Elliot, I mean. Such a weak soul. So many people would love to hurt him. I gawked at her. I gawked at her, at her stomach that was clean of gore, the blood-stained rag in my hand, and finally at the floor, the shed behind me. Kevin F- Filscher from the field hockey team, lay dead upon the floor, blood and guts spilling out of his stomach. His wide eyes, frozen in terror, he stared back up at me. I swallowed hard and slowly turned my head to look back at Jasmine. We appreciate your service, she said, smiling cheerily. Cheerily, please try again. In weeks' time, school had reopened again. I should have stopped my antics then. I should have been warned by the strange, unexplainable way the members of the murder club danced with death, taking the lives of two innocent people in their steed. I really should have realized that the club was using those same sinister tricks to keep me around for their entertainment. When the fingerprints of the, bloody sh- of the blood shears the investigators found buried in the guard matched with Paul Tretton's instead of mine. But I could not stop. Not anymore. I told myself it was all for Elliot. That, as a member of the murder club, I could steer the club towards targeting his bullies until my little brother was finally free. A heroic cause. But more than anything now, I just wanted to take a smug grin off of Andy Bale and Jazz McCartney's face. Not just that, I would give them a show. At the end of the week was a school play, a production for, for the first three acts of Julius Caesar. I planned to kill the third and final member of the murder club there. Nico Harvey was a theater kid though he only went to after-school rehearsals and never once showed up to the theater club. He sat behind me in history class, and sometimes I could almost feel him watching me. Nico laughed like a psychopath in hum bars of taco Whiskey at random times, habits made even creepier by his piercing stare that never broke eye contact. Despite his unsettling disposition, In the theater, he ruled the stage as if he actually possessed thousands of personalities and could adopt any one of them as long as it was written in a script. It was the upcoming play. He could take on the role of Julius Caesar, the glorious Roman general who was was stabbed to death by 23 senators in the culmination of the play. I planned my moves, such more carefully this time, determined not to be given any way where the where and how I had decided to strike. I snuck in and out of the backstage days before the performance, avoiding the stage crew and studying the props. Daggers and Senators would use to stab Caesar were designed like a classic toy used for pranks. A flax aluminum blade with... That retracted when the blade hit the wielder, stabbed them into someone. With a few drops of super glue and a tiny bit of sharpening, the prop easily became a weapon enough easily the props easily became weapons enough to pierce through flesh. Earlier in the morning, one day of the perf- on the day of the performance, I carefully modified each of the twenty-three daggers and quietly slipped them back into their sheaths. Hands shaking with anticipation, I returned them to the prop table before the actors streamed the stage. The two-hour-long play was an agonizing wait. I kept glancing at Elliot, seated near the front with his fellow sixth-graders. Part of the consensus seemed to come back when the cold and calculated gaze as I thought about my little brother having to witness the slow, painful death I had planned for Nico Harvey. My heart beat faster and faster, and a sickening feeling settled in my gut. By the time I was desperately wishing I could back out, it was already too late. Nico Harvey regaled in beauty in his crimson cape and laurel crown walked onto stage between the cardboard pillars one of the of senate for the final scene. The waiting senators unsheathed the daggers and one by one stabbed them swiftly into Nico's chest, and I thought they would stop after the first sight of blood. But the blade sank into the white linen tunic and gouged deep into the warm flesh. The actors did not do much as blink, they kept advancing one by one, sinking the daggers into Nico Harvey, seemingly uh, uh, oblivious to the blood that slowly dyed his costume and shrieked down his legs. And the crowd didn't stir, not even when the smell of blood drifted down the auditorium, not even when Nico staggered and fell backwards onto the stage with a wet splat. When I looked around, everyone around me was watching the stage with stage was? With gleasy eyes that almost looked lifeless. Nico twitched silently on the blood-stained floorboards of the stage. The twenty-three senators watched him without a word until his confusion stopped and he finally felt still. Travis Hemmington, the kid that played Brutus the traitor, slowly walked up to the front of the stage and delivered his final lines in an empty voice. People and senators, be not frightened. Do not fly. Stand still. Um, Ambiviation debt is paid. The curtains did not close with a sound. And the lights slowly faded to black. I I jumped as the audience erupted in applause. The lights flared back on illuminating the faces of the crowd. Some teary-eyed. Some delighted. Some just glad. The boredom of listening to Shakespeare was over. The curtains opened and the actors walked onto the spotless, clean stage and began to take their bows. At last, it appeared the last to appear was Nico Harvey, the star of the performance. As clean as the stage and healthier than ever, he took his position next to Travis Hemington and just before he bowed to the cheering crowd, looked straight at me and grinned. I felt my blood turn to ice. The rest of the school day went by in a nauseating blur. Elliot raved on the school bus home about how amazing the play had been and how good the actors were. He never once acknowledged the blood and the daggers, like nothing unusual ever happened. He asked me if something was wrong, but I couldn't tell him. When I arrived home, I refused the peanut butter jelly sandwiches our parents had made us. And drifted to my room, I pulled off my shirt and opened the closet to get a change of clothes and When I saw what was inside, I choked back a scream. Travis Hemington, still dressed in his costume as Brutus the traitor, was limped crumply on the floor of my closet. His chest slight, his chest and slides were torn open into messy wounds as if he had been stabbed over and over. Smeared on the back of the wall a message written in blood. We appreciate your service. Please try again. I slammed the closet door shut, desperately trying to calm my breath. The murder club was watching me. I was suddenly sure of it. I was foolish to think that they would ever take their eyes off me. I was certain they were watching me at, at this very moment. I stumbled around my room, looking under my bed. And checked the locks of my window, trying to ignore the crimson stain slowly spreading on the carpet beneath the closet. Then I looked to my door and spent the time until sundown trying to scrub the stains off the carpet, refusing to open the closet, do- o- refusing to open the closet even as more blood trickled out of- onto the floor. My parents and Elias mu- Elliot must have noticed the pot. Pa- Taylor in my face, at the di- at the dinner table, I. They gave me a concerned looks, but there was nothing I could tell him. I, I stuffed my face, I stuffed the mashed potatoes and peas into my mouth, and retreated back upstairs, where I went back to frantically scrubbing the stains that had spread through, the width of the closet. Some hours must have passed until I fell asleep. I don't remember even getting to bed, but when I woke up, I was underneath my covers. It was dark, maybe 3 or 4 AM, and I was hearing sounds. We appreciate your service, someone whispered. Please try again. I pulled it upright, shrieking, Who's there? The voices giggled. Try again, Ethan Trace. Please try again. I felt myself go pale. Standing at the foot of my bed were the three figures and three sets of teeth that glowed in the moonlight. As they grinned down at me, Andy Bale, Jasmine McCartney, and Nico Harvey gathered around me, regarding me like hawks circling prey. They cradled as Jasmine's arms was the fourth figure, small and thin, Elliot. I gasped. What do you want to do with him? What do you want to do to him? Jasmine giggled. Nothing, she said. Nothing yet. What do you want to do with me? Nico smirked. Well, you just, you still want to join the club, don't you? What do you call, what do you people call it the murder club? No, no, please, just leave me alone. That's a pity, Nico, Nico said, grinning coldly. I would hate for anything to happen to your brother. Elliot groaned, stirring in his sleep. And he reached out his finger and slowly stroked his hair. Don't touch him, I cried. Jasmine beamed so you'll try again try again yeah it's been super fun it's been great fun playing with you we'd hate for you to quit and besides nico mused you might finally get one of us someday you might kill us you might kill one of us once and for all and what hap and when that happens who knows he chuckled a sound a, a sound that chilled my bones Maybe then you'll finally learn about the the real secrets of our club. There were three types of people at Ashbourne Intermediate School. Those who knew about the murder club and those who didn't and me. Trav, Travis Hemington's Hemmington. Travis body was gone without a trace in the morning. Even the stain on the carpet had vanished as if it had never been there. Elliot complained about some bad dreams he had as the school bus rumbled over the dirt. I think I saw Jasmine McCartney, he said. She was grinning, only good part. She was the only good part. She had flowers in her hair, and she was holding a chicken from the garden in her arms. I nodded absently. She was really pretty, Elliot sighed. Do you think she would talk to me if I ever said hello? We appreciate your service. Please try again. 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 Their laughter echoed through my head. Their pitiful mockery of smiles flashed before my eyes. I pressed my hands into my pockets, feeling the weight of the switchblade I had taken from my father's drawer. Ah, yeah, I said meekly. And I have, and I have a feeling she likes you already. Thank you for tuning in to in the Dark. I hope you enjoyed the video. And if you don't, well, that sucks, but... I hope that it was semi okay um, and if you want to read more stories like this or if you want me to read more stories like this you go to r slash no sleep it is a subreddit it's on reddit